You know what time it is. Welcome to the Shaw's Law Podcast. You know who I am and what I do. I'm Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God, a.k.a. Harry Potter. And today it is another solo pod, but do not fret my pet. I got some guests coming up. I got some really fly stuff to honor Kobe coming out next week. So um, the people of uh, Kobe Stan, Kobe Stan, like your boy got y'all coming early next week. But for now, just ride out with me on this uh, little solo adventure, this one player game. Now I mean, let's start where everybody always wants to start. Kevin Porter Jr. Oh, man, that's my guy. I've been very vocal about, hey, if somebody on the Cavs is going to pop, it's going to be KPJ. I may have been wrong about that because Colin Sexton is doing things, and I promise we'll get to him. But apparently Kevin Porter Jr. got his locker moved due to Torian Prince coming in in the James Harden trade. They moved his locker to the corner where it's for, like, the young guys who don't play that much. And I guess some wild out. Like, he was throwing food. He told uh, GM Kobe Altman, this is modern-day slavery. And you got to be better than that in the workplace. But at the same time, you walk in Monday morning. They hired another dude who does the same thing at you. Let's paint this picture, actually. You work a regular nine to five job and you're in the office and rumor has it, yo, they hired another dude who has the same title and same position as you. And you come into the office Monday morning and you go to sit at your desk and they're like, nah, 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 B, that's not your desk. Now this, this been my desk for the year that I worked at the company. What do you mean? This isn't my desk. Nah. Cause we, we moved your desk over there to the back corner fuck you mean you moved my desk? Like, I could see somebody getting mad about that, especially somebody who's in their 20s. I might get mad about that now. I'm 30. I'm 31. And I might get mad about that now. Like, if I pulled up to the job and the new hire was in my desk and they moved me to a spot that is clearly lesser, like, in the article in The Athletic, it states that, yo, the part of the locker room they moved him to is for young players who aren't playing much. If that's what it said, like, then he knows what's up. Like, he's already, he already hasn't had ticked NBA minutes since last March. And now, and then he went through some legal troubles and he's clearly dealing with some demons. But like, if the organization is all in support of me, I'm gonna need a heads up. I'm gonna need the, hey, we're gonna move your locker. I can't walk in there and be surprised. Cause then I might turn shit up. And this probably comes off as me as a Kevin Porter Jr. apologist. And I probably am because I believe in the talent. So here we are. I actually wrote an article on three destinations I thought would be really fly for him. He was today traded for a future second round pick to the Houston Rockets. They were not on my list. But... Well, first, let's start with, I'm only going to tell you one team from my list just because I thought this was the perfect situation. The Los Angeles Lakers. 
we've seen LeBron take guys that have been difficult and or troubled and turn them not into just better players, but he's turned them into champions. Deion Waiters damn near died from an edible on the Miami Heat plane. Got with the Lakers, none of them problems. Dwight Howard is a first ballot Hall of Famer and teams were passing him along like a goddamn hot potato. He got with LeBron, got a ring, not a problem. JaVale McGee, same thing. Like, yes, JaVale had one rings with the Warriors, but that's another team with a very strong infrastructure. Um, Rashad Phillips, Yoda had uh, suggested them for Michael Porter, uh, for Kevin Porter Jr. It's because he needs a strong infrastructure. So, and like similar to McGee, McGee needed a strong infrastructure. Won two rings with the Warriors, won another one with LeBron. Um, I'm missing, oh, J.R. Smith. Rings with LeBron, two of them things. LeBron is the 31st franchise. He's been to more finals than a bunch of teams in the league. So the infrastructure of LeBron James would be really fly for Kevin Porter Jr. Add in the fact that eventually Father Time is going to win with LeBron. Like LeBron been stomping Father Time's head in for the last 18 years. But eventually, Father Time got to get LeBron. Kevin Porter Jr. is was the 30th pick in the 2019 draft and has top 10 talent in that draft, I'd, assume, I'd, I'd say pretty comfortably. Adding that guy on a team that's going to perennially be picking at the back end of the draft where you can grab an influx of high-end talent, and then structure it around LeBron, that's fly. Uh, Horton Tucker and uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Anthony Davis is a nice place to start when Father Time actually does win a round versus LeBron. So that's why I really thought the Lakers were a great destination for him because they need the influx of young talent. And like, if you want somebody to succeed... Like, you want a young, troubled guy to succeed, you put him with LeBron James, and things tend to work out. And that's another part of LeBron's legacy. As far as Kevin Porter Jr. in Houston, he's left-handed, he's explosive. Eric Gordon is on his last legs as a, not as a good player, but... Eric Gordon is entering the ring chaser part of his career where the second he hit free hits free agency, there's no doubt in my mind, he signs with a contender. Like there's no more, he's not chasing the bag anymore. He's chasing an opportunity to win a ring in a productive role. Um, the one, the, the ring chaser that always comes to mind is David West, like him getting with the Warriors. Hey, there was more money on the table in other places, but he was valuing a ring more than dollar signs at that point in his career. And that's sort of where I see Eric Gordon on his next contract. So now we're looking at a wall Porter Jr. Wood, like potentially in Houston. Wood and Porter Jr. could be your building blocks. He's going to have to earn his minutes. He has a young head coach in Steven Silas. 
I'm excited for his opportunity. I would be remiss if I didn't say, damn, he found a way to get in trouble in Cleveland. I'm not sure that Houston is the perfect spot to keep him out of trouble. So, like, I'm just going to put that out there. Let's call a spade a spade. If this dude could find ways to get into fuck shit in Cleveland, he's going to find it in Houston without some real soul searching and changes to his life. I was about to give, like, Jeremy Grant, like, his flowers here, but I sort of did that on the X's and O's podcast with uh, my boy Xavier Hunter. I was on there. That episode actually dropped on Friday today, so definitely check that out, and I won't repeat too much of what I said, but in my notes, I already had to give my flowers to Jeremy Grant because he's averaging 25, and 25 is a lot. I thought the Detroit Pistons were going to suck. They do suck, but I thought they were, I thought they were going to suck, but just because they sucked, I didn't think he would put up this many num these high of numbers. I thought they were going to suck and he would average 17 or 18. They do suck, but he's getting 25 points a game. That is what, that's seven more points than I expected on the high end for him. He's averaging more than James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, and Paul George. And I understand a lot of that is circumstance. LeBron is playing the lowest amount of uh, minutes in his career ever at about 32 a game. Um, Paul George and Kawhi share the ball with each other. James Harden was fat in Houston or unfat, but wearing a fat suit like Big Mama. Whatever it was, he wasn't giving maximum effort. And now he's in one of the best scoring trios we're ever going to see. They might not be the best basketball trio we ever see, but like as far as one-on-one scores, we've never seen three dudes that good at one-on-one basketball all on the same team, all in their prime. Another dude who's doing his thing. Steph Curry's averaging 28, but his teammates suck, and it's taking a toll on him. He's shooting 36% from deep. He's never shot under 40% from three, except for last year. And last year, he only played five games. He's seeing double and triple teams. An extra shot creator would really help him. Draymond Green once again proved that stats will never tell the full story. Since he's returned to the Warriors, they've semi-righted the ship. And it's because he just does things like... There's there's clips damn near every night of him like taking James Wiseman under the wing. Nah, man, you got to do this. Uh, the one I remember most recently was he he threw a pass and James Wiseman didn't see it and he was like, "Yo, you got to catch that." Wiseman was like, "Oh, um, I would have caught it if I saw it." And uh, Draymond's like, "Yeah, you got to see the ball." And I know that seems silly, but in basketball, a dude has never scored without the ball, just like. I know defense wins championships, but there has never been a game one where you scored less than the other team. Like, those are just two fundamentally true things. So I wanted to just give Steph, Dre, and Jeremy Grant their flowers while I had the opportunity. Guess it's time to get into Kyrie Irving. A graphic came out the other day about what he's done in the last year as a humanitarian. 
and there's two sides to this. First, I'll read you the graphic. He donated um, about 300, uh, $325,000 roughly to Feeding America. He committed $1.5 million to help pay WNBA salaries of the players who opted out of the 2020 season. He partnered with City Harvest to ensure that 250,000 meals were distributed to New Yorkers. He partnered with Nike to donate seven pallets of food and masks to um, the Standing Rocks Souks tribe. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. He paid off the college tuition of nine HBCU students from the from Lincoln University, and he purchased a house for the family of George Floyd, um, according to Stephen Jackson. Shout out to Captain Jack. So first, there's always this talk of basketball is just a game and things are bigger than basketball, except for when he made things bigger than basketball, like when he started prioritizing other stuff over basketball then it was nothing should be more important than basketball. That's the first part. But the second part, I feel like I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth here, is he was able to do all those things because he is a basketball player. He had a hundred he had um one point five million to donate to NBA salaries because he makes damn near thirty-three million per year. He was able to partner with Nike because he has a sneaker sponsorship with Nike. So those things aren't lost on me. Like I get how you could be like, I get how you could want him to be on the basketball court, especially because basketball is what is affording him the ability to do those things. He was able to pay off that tuition with money he made from Nike or the NBA. So I get it. But also, this is clearly somebody who thinks a little bit differently than the rest of us. And sometimes he might not even think differently. He might be thinking the same thing somebody else wants to say. He just has the balls to say it. he's comfortable enough within his own skin to just go for it. Like, hey, this is what I'm going to say. This is how I feel. This is what I'm going to do. You can't bully me into anything. With that said, he did return to the court, and before he returned to the court, he apologized to his fans uh, that were disappointed by him not playing. He said, I'm back, I'm happy to be back, we've got some great pieces, and we move on, and I let my actions and my game speak for itself like I planned on doing. I just needed a pause. Ever take a mental health day? Sounds like that's what Kyrie did. I know it was a little bit longer, but some of that length is, hey, he was caught out with his family on said mental health time, and then that put him in the NBA's um, COVID protocol. But since he's been back, they've played one game. In that game, he had 37 points. Um, he was 15 of 28. James Harden had a 20-point triple-double. And Kevin Durant had 38-12-8. They lost in double OT to the Cavaliers. And Colin Sexton went nuts. Straight up benoodles. Just anything in front of him, he was frying. Sidesteps and size-ups and step-backs and put-backs. 
Like, whatever you needed, Colin Sexton had it. And it was a really cool moment. I feel like because it was against the Brooklyn Nets and the debut of the Big Three, this might be Colin Sexton's national coming out party. But he's been hooping all season long. Like, check, check his resume. There goes that magic number again. He's averaging 25. 25 in the NBA is a lot of points. 20 in the NBA is, yo, he's killing. But 25 is just a healthy, healthy number. It's, uh, he's averaging 27. He's eighth in the league in scoring right now at 27 points per game. That ties him with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, how many guys are actually averaging 25 in the league right now? There are four, There are 15 guys who are averaging 25, and Kawhi is number 16 at 24.9. That's just a lot of NBA points. And we haven't spoken much about him because there have been other guys who have really stepped up onto the radar, but Colin Sexton has officially thrown his hat into the most improved player conversation. Him, Christian Wood, Jeremy Grant, all have to be names that are really thought about because they've just taken a large uptick in their production. Speaking of production, it's early. It's only, They've only played one game together as the big three. They play their next game tonight versus the Cavs. But... I think we might need to give y'all the resume. Like, let, let's do a quick resume check on what the Brooklyn Nets Big Three looks like. 24 All-Star selections, 18 All-NBA selections, seven scoring titles, three chips, two league MVPs, and since James Harden's my guy, and James Harden got a player's vote MVP for when the players did their own awards. There are things to worry about with the Nets. Man, and... When we do like a check-in on some of my predictions or things like I thought were going to happen, oh man, have I been bad. Like like Zion's still looking real underish. I had very high hopes on Landry Shamit being better than Luke Kennard. Boy, was I wrong. Luke Kennard got a nice DMPCD the other day. Not Luke Kennard, Shamit got a nice DNCPD. Like just did not get in the game. Woof. So there's that. The Nets um, need to shore up their front line. DeAndre Jordan is their biggest guy, and he's a little he's lost a step in some spring defensively. So they are signing Norval um, Pelly, Pelé. He's 27, and he's sort of springy. He's a shot blocker. He's not a big threat offensively. But they just need, they need dudes at this point. And role players are what they need. They have three open spots. They just need a guy who's going to come in and not mess things up. Um, Norvell is 6'10". He's 27 years old. He's been a part of the Philadelphia 76ers. And he signed an Exhibit 10 with... The Cavs before. So he's... He's big and hopefully 
hopefully he just provides some shot blocking and energy. I still think the Nets need to be a player in the buyout market. If they want to survive, they need to be a player in the buyout market and they need the buyout market to be very kind to them. The damn injury ghoul just be following the Blazers around, huh? CJ and Nurk are both out. And it just hurts to see because I want these guys to be good. I CJ and Dame have a very high approval rating is I guess how you would put it. Like if they were to win big, I don't think they will. But if they were to win big, I don't know how many people would be all that mad. I think most people like CJ and Dame. Um, I was going to say particularly CJ, but I just think everybody likes both of them. Um, CJ does a lot for me because he's, if a regular dude made it to the league, it's CJ. Not that he's regular, he's 6'3", but like him and Steph are in that, yo, you guys are pretty average or slight of built. It's just the skill work is so far ahead. There's nothing people can do with you. Through the legs, behind the back, double cross, step back, dead man. Like, there's just nothing you can do with those two dudes in certain one-on-one situations. <clears throat> so, CJ is out with a left foot strain. This scares me because I believe at Lehigh, it was a foot issue as well. So, that's just something to keep note of. That um, Nurkic fractured right wrist. God, that sounds painful. Anytime you hurt your wrist sounds miserable. And that sounds horrific. The NBA has postponed the Grizzlies' next three games. Not one game at a time, but three all at a clip. They're saying nobody has tested positive for COVID, but due to contact tracing, they are just... Not there without enough people to form, to get eight players to play a game. Woo, do I smell bullshit. The NBA is going to have to come up with something. And they're going to come up with, need to come up with something fast. They're just postponing games left and right. Tonight is Friday. Let's look at the NBA schedule for tonight. I bet you there's another game postponed besides the Grizzlies. Ooh, Wizards and Bucks postponed, along with Grizzlies and Blazers. It's it's getting rough out here. It's starting to get kind of dangerous at this point. With, like, there's game postponements, and you don't know what's happening. It feels like the NBA doesn't have a great plan. They want to stop players from... Shaking hands and high-fiving with the other team. Dude, we're going to dive on the basketball on the floor and wrestle for a loose ball. But you think the high-five is going to be the issue? I'm going to box you out 80 times throughout the course of the game, maybe more. But the little dap-up hug is where we're going to run into a problem. And your solution to that problem is to add security. So just add two more people to the mix. Or four more people. I don't know how many security guards they're adding. But they're supposed to be stationed at each basket. So at a minimum two. Your idea to stop people. First of all, I want to know what the security guard is going to do. This seems like a recipe for disaster. 
<clears throat> me and player X from another team are about to dap up. Is security going to run and jump in between us? And now security has now exposed us to himself and himself to us. And now it's three people that just interacted instead of two. Is, is that the plan? Or is security going to yell at these grown-ass multimillionaires that on average are about 6'4"? Is he going to yell at them to stop? You, you're going to scream... Security going to scream at... Um, secu security's not screaming at James Johnson. James Johnson, su sucker, sucker, kick your fucking head off. So I just want to know what the plan is. Not going to physically intervene because... And if you are physically intervening, that's stupid because now you've just touched two people that you didn't want touching each other in the first place, even though they're about to go play basketball for two and a half hours where all they're going to do is bump, grab, and drip sweat on each other. Like the NBA is doing like a bunch of cosmetic stuff to make it seem like they have COVID under control, but they don't. Oh, we're adding security. Um, players can't shake hands at half court. That That's all cosmetic. As long as you're playing basketball, this is going to be an issue until you get into an enclosed area, but that's not an option right now because there's so many games left. I still do not have the solution or all the answers, but ugh, I just don't want this to be a season where something tragic happens because the NBA was putting dollar signs before vital signs. In other NBA news, Lonzo Ball may be on the trading block. Where would you guys like to see him go? He's... I see people talking about the Clippers... He's not the kind of point guard that they need. He's cool. He's good defensively, but Kawhi has talked about wanting another playmaker. That's not really Lonzo's calling card. He's a ball mover and a point of attack defender. And when he's on his shit, like he can be a good spot up shooter. But I don't necessarily think he's. He just hasn't shown, like, the aggressiveness and the ability to get where he wants off the bounce, I think, is the main thing. Like, the the bag or the sauce to, damn, Lonzo broke him down again and just beat him for a layup again. Because he's quick and he has athleticism, but he's just not, he's not built that way, I guess. He's, and by built that way, I mean mentality-wise. Um, the Mavericks are an interesting spot just, uh, because he needs to play with another lead ball handler. So Luka Doncic is good. And I'm always for infusing talent to teams and he is talented. So shoot me a tweet on where you would like to see Lonzo go or where you think he's the best fit. And part of the reason that Lonzo is being shopped. And I thought this was coming regardless. Uh, they took uh, Kira Lewis Jr. in the draft. So I, you don't take a high lottery pick or a lottery pick on a point guard if you're happy with your point guard situation. And then on top of that, and I'm, 
maybe I shouldn't say that because you should probably just be taking best player available in the draft. But if you are at like the 12 to 14 range and you're really happy in your point guard situation, you probably address another need. And then when Lonzo was out, um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker just brought scoring. Like, that guy's a gun. When he gets on the court, he's firing off. He's letting that thing spark. And that's probably not the funnest to play with, but another dude who's not afraid to be out there, afraid of the moment, may help the Pelicans. And I think that's why these Lonzo rumors are starting to pick up steam. With that said, we are done with NBA news for now, and we'll jump into a little bit of culture. All-American on the CW Season 3 has started, and I'm going to talk about All-American because I've been with this show from the very beginning. I have the receipts. Um, January 19th, 2019, All-American on the CW is fire. I keep telling y'all. But I guess y'all won't listen until somebody famous endorses it. First of all, I I wrote that with mad hate in my voice. I was definitely in my feelings. And I was also right about that. Oh, man, I was trying to put all my friends onto All-American. They were not listening. Then that shit hit Netflix and Bill Simmons watched it. And everybody was like... And I'm not saying everybody watched it because of Bill, but it hit Netflix and then it was streamable. And everybody's like, yo, this is fire. Dudes was try- dudes I tried to put onto the show were trying to put me on when it hit Netflix. Man, do you know how goddamn mad that made me? Talking about, yo, you got to see this show, All-American. Nah, not All-American I tried to tell you about months ago. A word you did? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure, man. Because I knew... Sometimes you just know when you have one. And I knew, like, I'm not saying it's the greatest show, but I knew this was going to catch, and I wanted to be first on it. And I was, but my platform's small, and my friends suck because they ain't listen to me. But for those that don't know, All American is uh, based out of L.A. It's about a football player uh, named... Oh my God, how did I just draw a blank on his name? It's a football player named Spencer, and uh, Tay Diggs is the coach. And it's it's like a sports drama. uh, It's sort of like Friday Night Lights. It's probably not as good as Friday Night Lights, the show. But once again, it has a lot of black and brown cast members, and that's something... I'm often looking for. I want people that look like me. I want my kids to see people that look like them in positions of power. Yo, he's on the big screen. He's an athlete. He's a doctor. He's a senator. Like, they look like us. You can be anything. So, I'm going to... I was going to give a season uh, recap of episode one. But if by any chance there are people that listen to me that have not seen it and want to catch up on episode one or are going to start the series, I will not give a recap this week, hoping that I get some more of you guys to watch it and you guys shoot me some feedback. Once again, this show, 
is something I've invested time in. It's not the greatest, but it is really fun. And in season two, I thought they did a really good job of addressing issues that were happening almost in real time. Like I know they shoot and then you got to put it in the can and it takes a while, but they were on stuff very quickly. So check out All American on the CW. I will start doing recaps probably next week. I'll eat recap episode one and two. That'll give guys some time to catch up. If anybody does start watching because of this pod, shoot me a tweet or a DM like, yo, I started the show off your recommendation, especially if you like it. Like, if you think it sucks, you can also tell me like, look, man, don't ever recommend a show to me again. Stick to basketball, bitch ass nigga. Like, you guys could do that too because I'm all for feedback, positive and negative. Just let me know. And then is there any, oh, WandaVision came out on Disney+. Plus. I am going to give WandaVision another try. I made it about 15 minutes through the first episode and I wasn't in love with it. It was trying to be I Love Lucy or I Dream of Jeannie. It was in black and white. I have nothing to do but watch basketball tonight. So maybe after the game's end, I will try and get through episode one of WandaVision. But like if that joint sucks after episode one, I'm going to come back and tell y'all it sucks and I'm not watching anymore. But as somebody who's like a superhero nerd type of dude, a show about the Scarlet Witch and Vision in general should tickle my fancy. It has not yet, but it's something to keep an eye out on. Other things I want to watch are One Night in Vegas about Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and a couple other prominent black figures. I'd like to watch that and give it a review. And I'm also going to try and catch the Tiger Woods documentary soon and give that a review. Like I said, in 2021, we are going to dive a little bit further into pop culture because these are my interests and I want to give you guys as much of me as possible. Also, big, big Kobe stuff coming out this week. Like as you're listening to this, If you listen to this before Tuesday, know that Tuesday morning, that Kobe stuff is going to be out and it is fire. But this has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. And just like that, we out.